The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And we are also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And also make sure to check out our brand new Discord server. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat out bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network episode 173. Let's send it out to all our all the new degens that have just uh, recently signed up to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Um, specifically in the fight channel, we have a lot of new friends in there. Joe Sully and and some guy from a Bayou and Crom or C Rom Bayou Funk. Just going through all the new names. A bunch of new people in there. So if you aren't in there already, make sure you get Joe Sully. If I haven't said him already, make sure you do get into the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord and join in all, all the fun. So that's who this this episode is being dedicated to. Uh, I am the one and only Jeff Chalks Fox, the uh, chalkiest gambler around. We'll see if I go with any underdogs at all this week. I, I hit on a couple last week. Maybe I'll do again do it again this week. We'll see. Um, we are going to break down, start breaking down UFC, the UFC's foray back to London this Saturday. Um, this episode will be all about the prelim portion of that event. Uh, before we can do anything else, of course, is bring in the Gumby God himself, Daniel Vreeland. Hello. You you stole my thunder. I had prepared. Oh, okay. I had prepared Go. for when we were going to do the the. You kick it over to me, and I have something yeah. to say. I was gonna yeah. welcome. All the new DGens too. I even had like go. a list. I even had a list written down, and you you okay. hit them all anyway. So uh, I hit them all good. Yeah, yeah, look at it. Yeah, well at least yeah, all the ones I had written down. But it, yeah, it was it was suddenly like I think it all happened in like the last 24 hours. So uh, yeah. that that's a good sign. Yeah, welcome yeah. welcome to the Discord if you you know been listening to us for 100 years uh, and you're thinking about taking the plunge, head on over there. Those guys <laughs> did, and they seem to love it. It's where all the cool kids all the cool kids are. We're talking about all the breaking news uh ufc news, news actually there has been some breaking news um david onama's going i know he's not a big big name fighter but he's he's uh jumping right back in it fighting nate Landweir uh, next month that's a winnable fight for him on short notice i think yeah and i think that was if i'm not mistaken he was already supposed to fight Landwehr. uh that that one that garrett armfield's Right. Garrett Armfield, he just be Garrett Armfield filled in for uh that was originally supposed to be him versus Nate Landwer. So oh, okay, cool. Um, so he's already put in a little bit of a camp for him. So I think that's probably why he feels so good about taking it short. That and he clearly didn't get hurt all that much against Armfield. Nope. And this will get you in the good books with UFC very quickly and get you your contracts uh, bumped up really quick. Like Chris Curtis is, uh, we're going to talk about him next episode. He said he got more than double his his pay. Uh, I'll taking- buy that. 
Yeah, for taking another short notice fight. I think he was he was only making around twenty and twenty his last fight, so he's probably around fifty grand per fight. That's a that's a nice uh oh actually hundred grand if he wins, fifteen fifty. So that's, that's a nice little uh nice little raise there. Um and then we had a couple of squash matches got announced too. P- Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Any thoughts on that quickly? Uh <laughs> yeah, it seems like a terrible idea for Sean O'Malley, doesn't <laughs> it? It does. What's happened with him? Is he I getting mean, the like, money that he wanted to get? Uh, I'm assu- yeah, I'm assuming this is a sign that he got the bump up in pay he was expecting. Um, because, like, that fight with, with Pedro Munoz didn't go his way, but it did click a fight off of his contract, right? Right. Um, which yeah. means he was probably closer to free agency. Uh, as we're seeing with, with Nate Diaz, the UFC does not like people fighting out their contract. And Sean O'Malley has just got the kind of personality where he might try to do that. Um, but like, I, I'm assuming he didn't in, he agrees to fights and him and him and Piotr Jan have been like John back and forth anyway, over social media and whatnot. So this is just, I think coming to fruition, look, look, we've all been saying he needs a step up. Pedro Munoz was that step up. We don't know if he would have passed it or not, but if he had like, this would have been the next step. Yeah. They're basically treating it like he. Like he won that fight. Um, but he wasn't really, if I remember correctly, I forget things immediately, but I don't, he wasn't winning uh, at the point where he uh, got disqualified, was he? No, uh, I think two, Munoz was doing good, right? I want to say two out of three judges had it yeah. for Munoz in the first round. So yeah, like he wasn't, he wasn't winning, but like, I don't know, like everybody's got their, their own mindset around that if he yeah. was turning it on or you know, whatever. I, I, I don't think he was, but you know, people, people yeah. see what they want to see. So opening lines I saw was minus 470 for Yan, and then I see Superfan Jong posted minus 250. So apparently it's been it's been dropping, um, which I expected it to do. I expected money to come in on on O'Malley. So um, may it may be pretty nice if if it keeps coming in on O'Malley, we may be getting a nice number on Yan before all is said and done. Um, and then the other squash match, of course, is uh, the aforementioned Nate Diaz versus. Kamzat Chimaev, the most squashiest of all squash matches matches. And they're gonna they're gonna headline a pay-per-view with it. UFC 279. Yeah, I, I said this uh in, in me and uh my other podcast host actually broke this down earlier today. You can listen to the oh. top turtle, you can listen to the top turtle MMA podcast as well while you're at it. Um but uh you know like there is something to be said about the fact that like Kamzat didn't want to go to the ground with Gilbert Burns, right? So, yeah. so what, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm picking Kamzat. I'm picking Kamzat every single time here. But, like, if Kamzat didn't want to go to the ground with Gilbert Burns, what is his path to victory against Nate Diaz? Um, like, is is he going to decide to grapple Nate Diaz? Because um, that, that seems almost counterintuitive, right? If you're not going to grapple Gilbert Burns, are you going to grapple Nate Diaz? Um, and, like, I I mean, I don't think he's a better boxer than Nate Diaz. And, and I'm not out here saying that, like, Nate Diaz is the play. But uh, I, I'm out here saying that, like, it is a squash match because I do expect him to win. But, like, I'm curious on how he's going to do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. We've got a couple months, uh, September the 10th, that action-packed pay-per-view. There's there's nothing else worthy, yes. pay-per-view worthy on that card right now. Arena Aldana, Macy Chase on, I guess that is main card worthy. Shelton Je- uh, um, Jr.'s on it. Oh, that's true, but is he really a main card pay-per-view worthy at this point? I, I mean, it's know, heavyweights. But... They always put that on the main card. Right. Who's he fighting <laughs> again? Uh, Shamil Durkheimov. Oh, I don't I don't see it listed there yet, but yeah, I guess that's in the main card. But yeah, this is, 
there's gonna be problems if this fight fell, falls through for some reason the last yeah. minute it's gonna be pretty nasty stuff but they're loading up you have, it, look, it looks like they're loading up ufc 280 and 281 for some reason and not worrying about 279 uh i guess the ds uh jim i have have big enough fan clubs that they'll get enough sales if they even care about pay-per-view sales at this point so yeah, I'm assuming that that's it. And I will also yep. say this. I bet you the UFC's got a backup in place. Yeah, like, you'd hope. Like, you know, like, I bet you they're already paying Masvidal or, or somebody like that just to be, like, yep. on this ready. And how is this helping Shimaev get ready for a title shot? It's not. It's getting him a massive <laughs> payday. That's what it's doing. That's true. Getting him oh, a name. You know what, though? You could say, it like, him going 25 minutes with Nate Diaz would, would get him better suited for a title fight. I mean, he looked yeah. a little bit tired against Burns, right? Yeah, that's true. We'll have to wait. Uh, going down. Um, last event was so well received in London. They said they were going to get back as soon as possible, and here they are. So we got UFC Fight Night Blades versus Aspinall, AFC, UFC, AFC, AKA, I meant to say, UFC Fight Night 208 or UFC and ESPN Plus 66, or we're going to call it UFC London. So um, this podcast will be the eight prelim fights. Next episode, which will be dropping tomorrow, will be the six main car fights and our props and our parlays and all that fun stuff. All right, before we jump into it, I got to tell you about our friends at Win. Make sure you get down on the Win's Bet $50, Win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB, plus the ultimate fantasy football experience. Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before the end of this month, July 31st. Get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Anchor Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today offered subject to change terms conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where a play through winbet is available if you're someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 now let's move on to sleeper sleeper is the fast scoring fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there the sgpn gang use it for baseball and choose the amount of money you want to enter it in the contest if you pick correctly you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in main reason copying my friend's picks with the top of the button it's insanely fun to ride it up together so stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money with this play from daniel Vreeland. uh in, in the over in total bases against uh, Mitch White will be pitching for the Dodgers on Thursday night. Uh, you got a nice lefty righty matchup there. Jock Peterson coming off the all-star break. Uh, I like his chances to get at least a double in there. Oh, it's going to be a double even. Listen to that. Okay, here, here's what you do. Take that pick. Go to your mobile phone. Join your listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right. He's telling you exactly what kind of hits people are getting. That's that's how Dan Vreeland rolls. All right. We are going. We're heading to the O2 Arena in London for this, this card. Uh, that we're going to break down 
this Saturday, July 23rd. Um, I know they were switching the start times around at 11 a.m. Eastern, I think was the last I heard, or has that it's, changed? I, I, believe it's, I believe it's noon now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard noon as well. All right, well, we will go with that. Starting at noon on ESPN Plus for the prelims, actually for the main card too, but we're not worrying about that right now. We're going to start with welterweights, Claudio Silva versus Nicholas Adalbi. This is a very European heavy fight card going down here. All right, let's tell you about Silva, nickname Hannibal, 14 and three, two knockouts, nine submissions, never been finished in a fight, five and two in the UFC. He won his first five and then dropped two straight. Has not fought since May of 2021, has not won since August of 2019. Used to fight up at middleweight, was a regional champ. 2007, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He's got a negative strike differential of minus 0.19, meaning his opponents hit him 0.19 times more per minute than he hits them. Plus 215 is the number on him. Uh, Dolby Locomoto, Locomotivo, L-O-K-O-M-O-T-I-V-O. Locomotivo is his nickname. He's 19-4-1 with two no contests, six knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight. 3-3-1 three, three, and one with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. Lost his last fight. Was a Cage Warriors champion. That's not the first time I'm going to say that on these uh, these two podcasts coming up. Was also a regional champion. 2010, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He's got three inches of reach on Silva. Two years younger than him. He's the more active striker of the two men. He gets outstriked by his opponents as well. A little worse than Silva. Minus point, uh, 0.3. So he gets outstruck by 0.3 strikes per minute on average in the UFC. Minus 270 coming back on him. We'll let you go first, sir. I'm actually... I had a really tough time with this one because when it, it first came out, I, I was all over Dalby and, you know, like I, you know, I remember watching Nicholas Dalby fights and being really in on Dalby and thinking he was great, uh, especially like the draw with Darren Till way back when before they released him and re-signed him. Yeah. Uh, but the more and more I watched him, like I went back and watched his fight with Tim Means. I think a grappler like Claudio Silva po- poses a lot of issues for Nicholas Dalby. Um, so I'm actually going to go dog straight out of the gate here with All Claudio right. Silva. Um, uh, Tim Means took him down and controlled him very easily. And not only controlled him very easily, he passed uh, Dalby's guard almost flawlessly, wound up in half guard, and he did it twice. Um, in their 15-minute fight, uh, Tim Means was on top of him for a little bit over eight minutes. And, like, when I think about Tim Means as a grappler, like, I don't particularly do, do you think of Tim Means as wrestling as like a base? No. I mean, I, no, I, know, really. I know he was a high school wrestler and right now he like coaches his hometown high school wrestling team. Um, but like there's a difference between being a high school wrestler and being like a, a UFC fighter who has a yeah. strong wrestling base. Um, but Tim Means just like absolutely controlled Nicholas Dalby wherever he wanted. And then, you know, like to follow up, wasn't able to hold down Kevin Holland the same way. So like that just like poses a lot of questions for me about like what Claudio Silva is going to do, because look, like I don't think Claudio Silva can hang with, with him on the feet. I think, you know, he's going to blast Claudio Silva on the feet, but Claudio Silva took down James Krause twice and held him down pretty easily. And he took down court McGee, which like, when was the last time you saw somebody like decently take down court McGee? Um, and he, he didn't do it for, for long or he didn't do it for much, but he had him down for like a minute and a half or two minutes. Like, that's not nothing. So, you know, like with all that being said, I, I think I like Claudio Silva here. 
how's that for analysis for the curtain jerking fight? Uh, here's my analysis. I'm not going to take a plus 215 dog who hasn't won in three years. So that's my analysis on it, even though yours is uh, – mine will probably actually be, be correct, but yours sounds smarter. I'll give you that. <laughs> and, and, does. and like, don't don't get me wrong too. Like, I see the path here for Dalby. Like, I, yeah. I, I do. Like, I get why he's negative two fifty. You watch fifteen seconds of either of them striking, and you're like, oh yeah, Dalby's negative two fifty for sure. But like, yeah. man, like the the hole there is just like worrisome enough that like negative two fifty would scare me right away from putting that anywhere near a play. It's yeah, it's not going to be a recommended play for sure, but we have to pick winners for every fight. So I will, I always go with the striker over grappler. Uh, How'd that work last week? Worked pretty good actually. You beat really? me by a bit, but it worked good for both of us. We both it, turned out okay. Yeah, Stoltzfus, uh, Stoltzfus. was a grapp- was a grappler over a striker. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I, I, um, I'm talking about numbers. What three years worth of numbers, Dan? You want to base it on one event and go right ahead. <laughs> go right. Dan's feeling pretty good about himself because he, he had a good week, right? I am. Yes. 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 The Gumby right. God is back. Gumby God <laughs> is back. We'll see if it keeps it. We keep keep it going this week. Um. Here's a here's a fight for you. Women's flyweight. Victoria Leonardo versus Mandy Boom. Um, and it is what I, I told you it was women's flyweight. So let's break her down. Both ladies are in need of a win. Let's tell you about Fury Leonardo first. 18 uh 18 for excuse me. Eight and four. How about eight and four? One knockout, four submissions. Been knocked out three times, submitted once. So she's been finished in all of her losses. Uh 0-2 in the UFC, both of them via TKO. One low in the contender series, three and two in Invicta, one low in Bellator. Has missed weight before. Striking stats in her favor, and she lands one and a half times more strikes than Bohm does in the UFC. Uh, she does get outstruck, though, on average by her opponent. Uh, 1.43 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are in her favor, though, uh, as well. Plus 112. Monster, Bohm, 7-1 with one no contest. Two knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Ohm on the UFC. One no in Bellator. Was a regional champ. Two inches of height, seven inches of reach over Leonardo. She gets outstruck by, uh, listen to this, minus 3.4 strikes per minute, but that was just based off of one fight. Um, minus 135 for her. I'm going to take a flyer on Leonardo. I'm going to take a, a dog, surprisingly. Um, I, th- I like her strength schedule a bit better than Bombs. I don't like the massive um, reach disadvantage, but um, yeah, this one's kind of a toss-up. So I'll, I'll, I'll take some plus money at plus 112 for Leonardo. Not super confident, though, as you can tell. I'm going to take Leonardo here, too. Oh, I, I am I'm confident, prob- then. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually a little bit more confident than you are, I think, because uh, Bohm looked like hell against uh, Ariane Lipsky. <laughs> like, she looked yep. bad. Um, she, That's she a looked tough like opponent, she, though. Tougher than the two that Leonardo fought? Leonardo fought no, Marion no. <laughs> Firo and, and Melissa Gatto. Like it's she, true. She, uh, yeah, she that's right. Steamrollers. Yeah. Like Manofia um, Rowe is is um is Patriot one of Saint our of Saints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you want to know the the craziest thing is if you you look at Leonardo's losses in in her pro career, like you want to you want to you know reel it back even further. Yep. The other two losses before she got to the UFC were Aaron Blanchfield and Miranda Maverick. Yeah. Uh, right. So like like this this woman has fought everybody like everybody. Um, and she's got a win over Haley Cowan, which I know that's not a name people know yet. But Haley Cowan is going to be on the contender series, and I would wager most likely is going to wind up in the UFC. Um, like so Leonardo has fought a very tough list, and I would say this about her: she's she is absolutely positively going to bully. Uh, Bohm here. Like, I, I don't think Mandy Bohm is going to deal with the physicality of Leonardo well. I think it's going to look a lot like Leonardo's contender series fight against Chelsea Hackett 
Like she's just going to body her up and just beat the hell out of her on the ground. So yeah, I, I like Leonardo quite a bit here. Well, I feel much better. No, maybe I shouldn't feel better though. Hmm. Anyhow, <laughs> but we're, we're both in on a dog. Dan, right out of the gate, back to back dogs. This is so Gumby of you. You're even outdoing yourself this week. I, right. I think it. I think it. It trails off a little bit if, if yeah, it makes I you feel any better. Yeah. It, no, I did. I. I'm not just. Uh, I'm not just going dog. 15 fights in a row or 14 fights in a row. There are a couple we'll of see. spots I genuinely like here. All right. We'll see. We'll see how the Gumby dog God does. Um, lightweights, Jai Herbert versus Kyle Nelson is next up. You got the Black Country Badger of Herbert versus the monster, Nelson. Nelson is Canadian. Um, he's from Huntsville. All right. Here's your Canadian trivia. What um, tourist attraction, Canadian tourist attraction is near huntsville where um nelson grew up huntsville yes i don't even, I don't even know what what province that's in um uh it's it's ontario northern not northern ontario northern north from me but uh, like cottage country kind of oh so that takes away what what is what's the tower there in toronto that CN was gonna tower? be my guess the, 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 that yeah. Toronto, yes yeah that was that was gonna be my guess i was in that one time just wow uh, fun fun fact for you um, I, I, I don't know what other tourist attractions. Algonquin Park. Oh, Algonquin sure. Park. Yeah, of course. Have you heard of Algonquin Park? <laughs> no, I have not. No, you haven't for real? <laughs> no. The massive national park that we have? No, you don't know that? Okay. Uh, and now he trains where I was born, Stony Creek, Ontario. So there you go. Um, that probably means I'm not going to pick him more than likely, right? But let's, let's break it down anyhow. The monster Nelson, 13 and four, five knockouts, four submissions, but knocked out twice, submitted once. He's one and three in the UFC. He got knocked out in his last fight. He got finished out in all three of his losses in the UFC. He used to fight at featherweight, down at featherweight. He was a regional champ. 2012, he's been fighting a professional MMA since. Three years younger than Herbert. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. In the UFC, he's been outstruck by 3.19 strikes per minute. Pretty nasty. Uh, grappling stats are in his favor, however. And he's at plus 225. The Black Country Badger, Herbert. 11-4, nine knockouts, one submission. Been knocked out three times, submitted once. So finishing all of his losses. One and three in the UFC, knocked out in his last fight, but he's been given a rough uh, schedule, strength schedule, since he's uh, joined the UFC. He's been he also was finishing all three of his UFC fights. Both guys are one and three in the UFC and have been finishing all of their losses. He was the Cage Warriors champion, two inches taller than Nelson, six inches reach. Gets outstruck by not as bad as Nelson. He gets outstruck by 0.43 strikes per minute, minus 280 on the Black Country Badger, and it's you. So first of all, it's, <laughs> I I thought I heard you right the first time you said it. It's the black it's the black country banger. Um, really? I, I put badger. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of um, there was a badger guy that played football, right? Uh, the honey badger. I, the honey badger. Yeah. yeah. The the black country badger is a fucking way That's better nickname though. Name. Um, new name now. Have but anyway, show, tell him. I, I've, I've had him on my show. We've actually talked about the nickname, the Black Country Banger. Well, tell me he has a new one now. It's the Badger now. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to pick Herbert here for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I, I've never really been all that high on Kyle Nelson, um, in addition to being a Canadian guy, uh, yep. <laughs> where we always fade the Canadian. Um, I, I just think here he's going to be a lot slower than Herbert. Um, he, he's shown that he can get hit pretty easily and Herbert has a massive reach advantage. Um, yep, so like, half a foot. yeah, half a foot and half a foot and a guy who's like, has a good sense of distance and a good, good ability to work distance. I think it's big. Don't get me wrong. I will say here, Herbert scares me a little bit because I, 
anybody who gets knocked out by Francisco Trinaldo is going to scare me for the rest of their career. <laughs> yep. um, so like, I, I don't like that number. Spoiler alert. He won't be in my recommended plays for that reason. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Herbert here. Yeah. I'll be taking Herbert too. He's finally getting uh, some easier opponents or more um, easier on paper, at least opponents. So Herbert is the pick for both of us. So Dan did not pick a dog. The streak is over. Long live the streak. All right. I don't think he's picking a dog here. Either flyweight, Mohamed Mokaya versus Charles Johnson. Um, Johnson, inner G, I-N-N-E-R, capital G is his nickname. So like energy, is that what the, the play <laughs> on words is here? I, I believe so. Yeah, it's, it, I believe, it, if I'm not mistaken, he believes that everybody has their own energy. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, energy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, and yeah, it's a play on words with energy and energy, uh, okay. which which is pretty. It's pretty great, actually. He's also yeah. had like seventy five different nicknames. If you followed him up through LSA, like he he's yeah. he's got a lot of them. So. All right. Let's tell you about him first. This will be his debut in the UFC. He's eleven and two with five knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's won four straight fights, last two via TKO. He's the LFA champion, or was heading into this. Uh, was also a pro boxer, four inches of height, plus 380. Uh, Mokayab is the Punisher, 7-0 with one no contest. Two knockouts, three submissions. One no in the UFC, one via submission. Uh, 2-0 overs. He won two straight fights, both via submission. Was a wrestling champ, actually Olympic-level uh, type wrestler. Nine years younger than Johnson, minus 500. Obviously, Mokayab is, is the real deal. Uh, I think Johnson's pretty good, but... Um, not, I'm not a fan of the number, but uh, Mokayev is the pick. The correct yeah, pick. yeah, I'm going to pick Mokayev too, but I will say jo- Johnson's holds a way better chance than this number holds. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I wouldn't put Mokayev in, a, in even in a parlay here, like to try to like use that number. Um, I, I don't think he, there's even like a playable prop for Mokayev. Like he, he could knock him out, he could sub him, he could win yeah. by decision. Like Johnson is, yeah. Johnson is really durable. And if you look at Johnson's record too, like. The, the guys face some dudes um, like he took the title off of Yuma Horouchi, who's uh, super good, super tough. He fought Brandon Roy Vall. He shot he fought Shorty Rock, Sean Santanella, um, Michael Graves. Like he, he, he's fought some dudes. So, like, I, I think he's, you know, he's got the experience advantage here. He's fought at Tiger Muay Thai. He's up training with Joaquin Buckley in Detroit now. I, I like Charles Johnson a lot. I think he's going to stick around the flyweight division. I just think Mokayev is probably going to be able to out-wrestle him here. He might even be a little bit better on the feet. Um, but, like, Johnson is a game opponent and not in, in any way, shape, or form uh, somebody who should be posted here at, like, plus, what'd you say, plus plus 380? Uh, uh, plus 380, yep. Yeah, that, that that's an absurd number. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take Mokayev to win here. I, I do think he's going to win. You seem to know a lot about Johnson for some reason. Is there? Ah, uh, yeah, he was. He, he was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. Really? Um, yeah, super, super nice guy. But also, I I've been watching him on the. It, it's actually not the first time he's been on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. I uh I interviewed him before he fought Yuma Horuchi in LFA like three years ago. Um, because I, I just knew he was a. Name. Yeah, he was a uh prospect who I like knew was going to make it to the UFC one day. So uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Charles Johnson. I think he's super good, and I would like, you know, like if you matched him in his debut against Tyson Nam, I'd be picking him here. Um, or if you matched him here against like, uh, Tagiru Wanbakov, I might take him here. Uh, but against Mokayev, I, this is a nightmare first matchup. Yep, nine years uh, difference between the two guys as well. So, 
big deal for uh, for flyweights. All right, uh, before we move on, let me tell you about IP Vanish. Do you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers and advertises your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on limited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether you're at home or in public, don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, what are we moving on to now? This is a pretty banging prelims. Featherweights. Mach 1, Amir Akhani versus Jonathan Pierce. Um, so we've got Mr. Finland, Amir Akhani, 17 and 7, one knockout, 12 submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted once, 7 and 5 in the UFC. Uh, he's 1 and 3 over his last four. He did win his last fight via submission, though. Used to fight at Bantamweight 2010. He's been fighting MMA since professionally. Was a wrestling champ, also was an amateur boxer. He's got an inch reach on Pierce. He's been outstruck by 1.05 strikes per minute in the UFC. Plus 175 on him. Jonathan Pierce, JSP is his sacrilegious nickname. He's 12 and four, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Three and one in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. Uh, last two, or uh, sorry, sorry, two of those via finish. Uh, one and all in the contender series. Used to fight at lightweight, used to fight at bantamweight. He's two, was two and all in Bellator, two inches taller than Amir Khani, four years younger. He lands almost four times more strikes per minute than Amir Khani does over the UFC. Uh, 3.7 times more strikes. That's uh, quite a gap there. He also outstrikes his opponents uh, by 0.88 strikes per minute. He also has grappling stats in his favor. Minus 215 on him. Your turn. I'm going to take Jonathan Pierce here. Uh, I think Amir Khani, uh, he's one of those wildly frustrating fighters who's looked Yep. Like he should be a top five talent at certain points um, and, and just look fucking terrible at other points. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if you go back to, you know, when he was beating up Chris Fishgold or, um, you know, like split decision loss to Arnold Allen or like you, you look back to any of those and you're like, this dude is a guy. Um, and then you, you could follow that up by like saying like he got out grappled by Camuela Kirk. Um, and that that's a really bad sign in a fight against a guy like Jonathan Pierce, who might actually be a better fighter uh, and a better ground specialist than Camuela Kirk is. Um, I do worry a little bit about Jonathan Pierce giving up takedowns because uh, he did give up a couple to Christian Rodriguez. He gave up one to Kai Kamaka. Uh, th- those things worry me a little bit. Um, but I think he gets back up fast enough that I, I'm not real worried about him against Samir Khani here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Jonathan Pierce. Yeah, Pierce is the pick. I don't really see uh, how Amir Khani is going to beat him. Um, it's gonna, he's going to get outstruck, and uh, Pierce is a good grappler as well. So Pierce is the pick uh, for that one. Uh, we'll stick with featherweights. Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Rosa. I'll tell you about Rosa first. Boston Strong is 14-7, three knockouts, eight submission. 
Uh, he's been knocked out once. The only time he's been stopped in his career. Five and seven in the UFC. He's lost two straight. He's only won one of his last four. He used to fight at lightweight. He used to fight at welterweight. He's been fighting professionally since 2012 in MMA. Three inches taller than Wood. He gets outstruck by minus 0.57 strikes per minute, so about half a strike per minute. Plus 400, the number on him. Uh, Nathaniel Wood, the prospect, 17 and five. Nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Four and two in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss over his last three. He did lose his last fight. He's not fought since October of 2020. Was the Cage Warrior champion. One no in Bellator. 2012, he's been a pro since his, just like Rosa. So is he really a prospect if you've, if you've been fighting 10 years, Dan? He, he's not at this point, especially with like three pullouts in the last two years too, so... Yeah. He's uh, is seven years younger than Rosa. Striking stats in his favor. He's twice more active landing strikes. He outstrikes his opponents by almost two strikes per minute. One point nine two strikes per minute. Minus five fifty. Uh, I will take the prospect Nathaniel Wood. He's going to outstrike uh, Charles Rosa. I think Charles Rosa's best days are probably behind him uh, by this point. So I will take, despite the long layoff, I will take Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, the long layoff worries me here. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you another thing that worries me. Him coming up a weight class worries me here, too, because he, he's been a 35er for pretty much his whole career. I mean, his last fight was at 40 um, against Casey Kenny. Um, yeah. And Casey Kenny actually wrestled him up a little bit in that fight. Um, so, like, I, I worry about him going up a weight a little bit. Um, I, I'm hoping it's, like, for health reasons, and maybe that's why he missed some of those other fights. Um but like, you know, like that that's worrisome against, especially against Charles Rosa, who wants to get like his offensive wrestling going. Uh, but the bottom line here is, yeah, you're right. Nathaniel Wood is just a better striker. Um, you know, Charles Rosa's biggest issue is that, that he gets taken down and, and can't really get back up. Nathaniel Wood really could do that. Like he, he took down John Castaneda and held him down. He, he took down John Dodson. You know, he's, he's got a whole bunch of choke finishes, like rear naked choke finishes in his, his resume. So wouldn't be surprised if he tries that route against Rosa, but, but ultimately I think he could win both of those ways. I will say again, I'm going to be scared away from the minus 500 number, given that, you know, he's, he, he's just like, you know, he, he's such a, he's such kind of like a, a fluky dude. And he's dealing with like so many weird layoff injury weight concerns. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm still going to pick him. Yes, thank you for mentioning the weight. I forgot uh, that he normally is a band weight. So yeah, this uh, something to keep in mind as well. Um, yeah, pretty crazy number for someone going up in a weight class and who hasn't fought in almost two years. So, but he is our pick nonetheless. All right, lightweights now. Mark D. Casey versus Demir Hadzovic. Uh, Hadzovic is a Bosnian bomber. He's fourteen to six, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once, four and four in the UFC. He's one and two over his last three, and three and two over his last five. Used to fight at welterweight. 2009, he's been a professional fighter since. Striking stats in his favor, and he's almost one and a half times more active landing strikes. He outstrikes his opponents in the UFC by 0.22 strikes per minute, plus 275 on him. DKC, bone crusher, 15 and 5, six knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted twice, six and five in the UFC. He's won one of his last two and three of his last five. Uh, sorry, three of his last eight. So he wasn't quite a slump. He did look good at his last fight and won that one. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Uh, inch of height, three inches of reach. Uh, over Hadzovic, seven years younger than him. He outstrikes his opponents by 0.28 strikes per minute. So those guys are they're about equal that way. Minus 350. And it's you. Yeah, th this is DKC all day. Correct. Um, like Hadzovic, uh, 
Hazavik hasn't really beat anybody who he couldn't uh, stuff their wrestling pretty easily. Um, like he, he beat, you know, Marco Polo Reyes uh, or like Nick Hine, Marching Held, uh, and even Marching Held really outgrappled him until he landed the lucky knee. Um, he he beat Yancy Medeiros, but Yancy Medeiros actually took him down a couple of times and beat him up. And look, like. Uh, Dean Casey is a pretty good striker, but as he showed in that Slava Claus win, he's also a wildly underrated wrestler who out-wrestled Joe Duffy and Lando Venata before that. I, I mean, I think the path to victory here for Dean Casey is just wrestle him up uh, nonstop for the entirety of the fight, uh, and I, I think he'd win if he did that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Dean Casey pretty, uh, pretty easily here. Yep, DKC is the pick. Yeah, people are starting to come around to him actually being a wrestler, not a striker, because um, he's had more more uh, success um, wrestling in the UFC than he has, at least lately, than he has striking. So DKC it's, is definitely. It's hard. It's hard to imagine because he's like a wiry British guy, and like I know. <laughs> no, nobody thinks wiry British guy and immediately thinks grappler. So uh, exactly. yeah. it is true. It is true. All right, finally, lightweights. Again, Mason Jones versus Ludovic Klein is our main event of the prelims. I'll tell you about Ludovic first. 18 and 4, 8 knockouts, 8 submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted twice. 2 and 2 in the UFC, won his last fight. He's fight at, down at featherweight. He has missed, he was missing weight or did miss weight once there. So now he's up at lightweight. He gets outstruck by 0. 0.64 strikes per minute, plus 255. Then Mason the Dragon Jones, 11 and 1 with 1 no contest. Four knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. One and one with one no contest in the UFC. Won his last fight. He's taking this on short notice. We're talking like what a week's notice or less, right? Uh, yeah. It, it seems to have like all come together in that kind of time, which I, I don't know if it just was like late announcing or what, but yeah, yeah. It it seems like everybody got short notice on this one. Yep. Um, he is the two-time uh, uh, Cage Warrior champion, two different weight classes. Uh, used to fight at welterweight. That was one of the classes he was the champ at. Three inches height, two inches of reach on Klein. Plus, he outstrikes his opponents by 1.12 strikes per minute in the UFC. He's more active landing strikes, uh, almost two times more active landing strikes than Klein. He also has grappling in his favor, minus 325. Uh, I will take Jones. I'm worried about uh, the short notice. Short notice fighters do not do well if you haven't heard me list the stats before. All right, since I think 2020, I started doing stats. Um, late replacement fighters are winning 38% of the time. And in 2022, they're even worse. They're winning 32% of the time. Usually late replacement guys aren't guys on Mason Jones's um, level of fighter. Usually they're like debuting guys or people they, they can grab um, short notice. So I will take Jones, but I'm not really interested in, in betting that number. So just just help me out on this because I, I don't yes. actually see the information on this. Was Ludovic Klein booked with somebody else? Or is yeah, he was. Um, one sec. Oh, Ignacio Bahamondes. Yes. That's correct. Yes. You're right. Um, because originally I just thought this this came out of the uh, the you know atmosphere somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like no, I'm definitely going with Mason Jones here, uh, and yeah. for a lot of reasons. The the big one being that like Mason Jones doesn't get knocked out. Um, and, yeah. and that seems like probably what Ludovic Klein would have to do here to beat him. Um, you know, like he took 8,000 punches from Mike Davis on short notice in his debut, um, and survived that and looked pretty good doing it. Um, he, he's, he took David Onama down eight times. Uh, and again, that's a short notice debut for David Onama yeah. as well. But like, th- this is a guy with a lot of skills and, and Ludovic Klein, you know, power puncher looks pretty sharp, mixes into wrestling takedown once in a while, but like he, he's not Mason Jones. Uh, I, I got Jones all day here. 
Yep, we are both on the dragon here at minus 325. So we're pretty similar, except for you coming out of the gate with a crazy plus 215 pick. Other than that, we're we're pretty much on the nose with our picks. So that's all the prelims for you, just like that, people. Plus a little bit of news and whatnot that we threw your way. But that's not it. We will be back very, very shortly. Um, with Monday, we will not Monday. How about Friday? We make it. We're back. Um, Thursday. We gotta, how about Thursday? We're back. Even better. <laughs> when we're back Thursday, we'll get back in your ear holes. We'll tell you about the main card at UFC London. Um, and we'll give you our our Hungry Man Jong Super Fan Parlay. We'll give you our props, uh, recommended plays, all that fun stuff. Uh, in the meantime, Discord, once again, lots of fun. If you're into chatting and nonsense and tomfoolery, then that's the spot to be. Um, Twitter, if you like that type of thing, SGPN MMA is the place to be. That's our that's the feed for our show. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He's at Gumby Reland. You can listen to his podcast, like he said, Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. He has on. He told us one person already. Char- who else? I have I have Charles Johnson on, yep. who is uh like we said, fighting Mo- uh, Muhammad Mokayev, and then also uh from Dana White's Contender Series on August second, I'll be talking to CES double champion Billy Goff. There you go. Only a few more sleeps before Contender Series starts again, and the real money is made. So, there you go. Put it to bed. Uh, you can read our stuff also, obviously, at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, you want to enter a pick'em contest for free? My site is moneymma.substack.com. Sign up for a subscription, free or paid, uh, either or, if you want the full site or not, and you can enter the contest. So simple as that. So, all right, that's it. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Dan will take us home. I'm Dan Gibby Freeland. He's the Black Country Badger, Jeff Fox. Badger. And we will see you tomorrow.